the sugar and dread podcast first name sugar second name dread yes 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 fantastic and we are back like we never left with another podcast for your head tops we will be giving you our top five hot beverages um, and also we have some poems for you and the poems this week will be coming from rob orton and Mm. stanley plumney yeah yes 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 Wicked, how have you been? This weather's crazy, huh? It's oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, the thunder the thunderstorms um have been have been a bit of a been a bit of a mad one. If I knew it would be bringing cold, then maybe I wouldn't have wished for it because oh boy. I told you people, I told you people, I said, that's why I don't complain. When the sun's out, I don't complain. Because man that complain, then when the sun gone and the rain come yeah. out, then vex. Yeah. So I'm like, it's, it's, so that's what you get. It's what you get. I mean, don't that's say it. you in it. It's what you get. I mean, I, com- I, I did not desire rain. Rain is not something I was desiring, you know? Mm. I, I said, mm. I said I wanted breeze. I said breeze is what I wanted. Small wind is 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 good, you know, but <laughs> that heat wave contentment that, is great gain. Contentment is uh, uh, contentment is great gain. Okay, but the but the but the liquid content of my body is is right is running low. So because and with that, I am going to tell you how I am because <laughs> you're just I don't know where you intend to go with the liquid content of your body. Some what's what no madness Look, this is a poetry um, podcast in it the good poems are written by other people i, I don't i don't need to i don't need to come with bars in it as long as as long as yeah but then this is why people think poets are just these arrogant um pagans who think they're special <laughs> with their use of language and up themselves and that's why so we can't be we can't be adding to that narrative that's not dude, we don't do that you're right that's this that's, that's, what no, that's not the vibe. That is not the vibe. Absolutely not. But this is why we this is why we big up other people's poetry. Yeah, we we can't just big up other people's poetry and then be up ourselves at the same time. That doesn't make it okay. That's not. No, that doesn't no, then absolutely not. Absolutely like not. cancel it out. No, <laughs> just, no but... I'm humble sometimes, so now I get to be arrogant. <laughs> what? That's not. That's. Like that does if you that was arrogant. It doesn't make it okay because you were humble yesterday. Like what? This they say all things in moderation, isn't it? So if um, you're so stubborn, it's actually like your Nigerianness is showing. Like it's really showing. <laughs> it's really showing. Please tell us, tell us how you are before before I continue to drag us down this this rabbit hole. NBA playoffs is here. At the moment, there's games every day. The playoffs have started. There's been some good matchups. Um, 
we're adjusting the sleeping pattern so that we can watch as many games as possible. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's vibe. So I'm very happy. I'm very, very happy about that at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, trying to, trying to get back on my driving around and then writing some stuff whilst I drive around. Um, That's great. Vibes as well. So yeah, man, no, man's all right. Man's yeah. all right. Should we get into the top five? Yeah, play the jingle. So our top five this week is top five hot beverages. Yes. Once upon a time, we did our top five beverages, just yeah. period, point blank. Mm-hmm. And I felt hoodwinked, bamboozled, <laughs> led astray, flat out deceived. Um, because in my mind, beverages, I wasn't thinking of hot beverages and Gabriel like flung, I think he flung like, flung a coffee in there or something. And I was like, you know what? Nah, like hot beverages deserve their own list, their own specific list. (laughs) And so what we're doing this week is we're doing a top five hot beverages list because, oh, mate, the hot beverages them, yeah? Mm. Oh, oh, this was, oh, I'm enjoying myself. Cool. So first things first, honourable mentions. Um, mm-hmm. I want to shout out Horlicks and Hot Chocolate. So, yeah. and I don't mean like shout them out individually. I mean, shout out mixing Horlicks with Hot Chocolate. Oh. Um, and just, yeah, that was, that's, yeah, that's just a, if you didn't know, now you know. Another honourable mention that I have is Red Bush Tea or Ruboy's Tea. Very close to actually being a number five Um and Earl Grey Mm. and yeah this is another one where I'm really sad about having to leave it off my top five yeah um but leave it off my top five I shall I'm nervous man I'm nervous Mm. I'm nervous okay if you're if the work of your hands are clean you've got nothing to be nervous about in it oh I can't wait I can't (laughs) wait yeah to get to your top five when it's full of your nonsense. Man's going to have like hot Vimto in there or something. You trash you. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not even hot Ribena, hot Vimto. You're, you're a scary guy. You're definitely a scary guy. In at number five, yeah. I have Turkish tea. Fam, yeah, Turkish tea is just, it's just peng. Like I was introduced to it when I went to Turkey. <laughs> um and I was like, why are you man pouring tea in glass? I was like, this is this isn't gonna go well because glass conducts heat. So I'm still not a hundred percent sure about that. I still don't get it, to be honest. And I should have asked why is it in glass? Um but yo, it's just it's just peng. In at number four. I've got masala chai. Mm-hmm. Now, ah, uh, mate, I love me like a masala chai is just it's got it's so flavorful. I feel as a tea, it's really really flavorful. Um, and I shout out Mega, um, Mega Harris who put me on masala chai, um, who who got me some, and I was like, yo, this mm. is bang, like this is really really nice. Um, and then yeah, I've just had it. Um, on different occasions I am super super excited for the time when I get to go and have like authentic masala chai yeah. um 
my brethren's was supposed to make it for me when I went to the wedding, but I didn't get it. So I'm a little <laughs> bit, I'm a little bit vexed. Um, but yeah, I'm waiting for that. But the masala chai that I've had has been lovely. So mm. masala chai is my number four. In at number three, I have the basic B, English breakfast tea. Okay. Now, you a regular, a regular cuppa, um, I think it has to, it's back, it's at number three. I think it's, it's just, it's so essential. The essentialness of an English breakfast tea for me, um, I drink it almost daily. Um, it's, it's, it's just so necessary. You can dunk your biscuits or you can just have a cup of tea by itself. Oh, banging a slice of cake there. Oh, mm. you're having a fry up English breakfast tea there for you too. Um, it's just, that's just the way it is. English breakfast tea, essential. Um, yeah, I have mine, no milk, no sugar. Um, so Good. yeah, I don't like to leave it to brew for a bit for too long. Um, because I don't have any milk or any sugar. Wait, hold on, pause, um, pause, but, yeah. pause. No milk, no sugar, and you dunk your biscuits inside. Yes. You dunk your biscuits in black tea. Why would you not dunk your biscuits? What does milk make bis like? Does milk make the tea dunkable all of a sudden? I I don't I, I, is exactly I don't, so. I, I what's don't, your man point? Dunk, it? Man what's your dunk. point? But my, so you don't dunk, but you no, came to tell me that that dunking in black I've tea was all of a sudden like I've I don't never, care about your opinion on the subject. <laughs> so shut up. What is this? Man's interrupted my top five to make statements about things you don't even know. Bro, I don't even this, know. Is this what you do with you women's talk, business? Are you just all up in their business so for no reason? So is this what's happening? Comparing, I'm comparing, comparing my choice of English breakfast tea to, to, as, to, as a man to, being up in a woman's business. Wow. Yes, yes, I am. I am. Wow. I'm doing that. Wow. I'm doing it. Wow. I'm doing Thank it. you. Thank you. Number two. My number two. My number two. I'm going to cut you out. My number two. My number two is Bailey's hot chocolate. Okay. Rich. I think if we're talking about a hot chocolate that is worthy of a top five, then my friend, it has to be a Bailey's hot chocolate. Mm. It's just amazing. Um, I've done my list thinking about hot drinks that I um, make or or not necessarily having to go anywhere to buy them. Um, and I, I make a mean Bailey's hot chocolate. However, shout out to Dark Sugars because oh. their Bailey's hot chocolate um, is 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 marvelous as well. Um, but yeah, a Bailey's hot chocolate mm, just at night, yes, mm, mm, delicious, delicious. And in at number one, uh-huh. my hot drink of hot drinks. Oh no, baby! Oh, it's chamomile tea. Oh, um. Yes, at number one, I have chamomile tea. Mm-hmm. And first of all, shout out to Chains. Um, yeah, uh, the, the, that that clip of when the woman is like, oh, you're going to spill your coffee um, on my hats. And he's like, oh, oh no, baby, this is chamomile tea. Um, like, yeah, get to know. There's, there's levels to this. It's just the options, the flavors. If I think of teas that I drink and, and teas that, that are just... I just write. Um, I'm almost, I'm almost lost for words. But I think if I'm going somewhere and I want a tea, yeah. chamomile tea is is the one because it's it's just it's the right flavors. I think 
oh yeah it's oh yeah chamomile tea man mm. like chamomile tea i don't even i don't even know what to say it's i don't i shouldn't need to explain it to you because you should already know what it is number one chamomile tea so let me run back my top five okay. in at number five i had turkish tea mm. in at number four i had masala chai number three was english breakfast tea number two i had a bailey's hot chocolate and at number one, I had chamomile tea. Well done. Well done. Well done. True. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm going to give you my honorable mentions. Um, honorable mention goes to espresso. Um, honorable mention goes to jasmine tea. This is in no particular order, by the way. Honorable mention oval tea and hold tight for the childhood memories. Um uh, honorable mention to mulled wine um that's the christmas drink and with regret honorable mention to redbush tea green tea and chamomile tea in at number five um i have the english breakfast tea if you're a brit if you're british it's the foundational tea you know what i mean um it's the one that everyone drinks that you've grown up with um, you can have it with the milk, without the milk, with sugar, without sugar. It's it's great, but um, there are there there are greater there are greater teas. That's English breakfast will not be able to tie its sandals. My number four is masala chai. I've not had this very often, but when I have, who who boy, yeah, I need to get more of this in my life. It tastes like what. The, what the English breakfast tea that I've had from certain people is trying to reach the English the English tea is the is the attempt is the attempted imitation the 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 the, the white washing and the watering down um but when you've had that masala chai I'm I'm sorry you can't go back that's a lie you drink English breakfast tea yeah I know I know and you've had masala chai so you've gone back so you'll stop lying to the people as it <laughs> It's a case of you have the options before you. Like I said, this is why I put English breakfast at my number five, isn't it? But there, but there, there is greater, and the gap, the gap between between my number five and my number four is like the gap between GCSE and A level. This disrespect that you're doing for English breakfast tea, I don't like. It's really baseless and foundationless, and I don't. Baseless and foundationless. Really all I've said is, all I've said is, masala chai is greatly superior to English breakfast tea. No, you you've not said that's, that. That's, you've that's said the, the gap between your five, the gap between your five and four. You've said is like the gap between GCSE and A level. Notwithstanding the fact that you have teas like red bush tea and chamomile tea on your honourable mention. So yes. essentially, what you're saying is that now the gap from four to one is like an avalanche or is a <laughs> cliff compared to every other tea that is in existence so you're doing all of this hyperbole and i'm just like what's the truth what's the actual truth because this whole dissing of english breakfast tea that you're doing it has consequences for everything else that you've already mentioned i'm not dissing english breakfast tea i'm extolling i'm extolling the virtues of masala no you're not because you can extol masala chai without undermining english breakfast tea which is what i did for all of my teas i didn't start comparing teas to try and diss them i gave each tea their value stop pitting teas against each other stop pitting teas against each other it's just unnecessary when john the baptist said there's one coming that i won't be able to that i won't be able to tie his sandals 
Was he now? Was he? Was so your number four is Jesus? Is this is this is what you're saying? No, no. What is going on? What I'm saying is what is going on. What I'm saying is what is going on. What is going on? What I'm saying is what is going on. So you now embody English breakfast tea. You embody English breakfast tea, and you're John the Baptist, and Masala Chai is Jesus. This this. Do you see what happens when you start to go with ridiculous metaphors? Please give us your number three. Give us your number three. My number three is hot chocolate. When I went to Dark Sugars, I thought I was falling in love. That was my first, my first experience of falling in love was going to that Dark Sugars because fuck. Bro, the base behind the counter was that beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you want me to say right now. (laughs) I I just, I feel like I remember going to Dark Sugars with you and... And you were extolling the beauties of the babe behind the counter. I, I, I was, I was indeed. But that's, but that, that, it, it was. It's the, it's the, it's the over. It's the whole experience. You know, it's the whole experience that mm-hmm. that in that. Mm-hmm. Yo, there's mad stuttering happening right now. Mad stuttering. Yes, yes. The per the the person that served me behind the counter was very was very beautiful. However. However, we're not talking about the person behind the counter. We are we are talking about about that which that which her hands had prepared. Anyway, number two, saffron tea. I don't know how to describe it. It is unlike it is unlike other teas that I've that I've had. It's um warm golden um flavour. Obviously, obviously, because it's saffron, it's got that aroma about it. Um you know what my number one is already? Arabic coffee slash Turkish coffee slash Greek coffee. All of it nice. The same is the same thing. There are slightly local, there are slight regional variations apart from the Turkish and Greek. Turkish and Greek is the same. But yes, I'm gonna run my list back. Number five, English breakfast tea. Number four, masala chai. Number three, hot chocolates. I can't remember which hot chocolates I had from Dark Sugars, but like even the way they do it is different. Peng. Uh, number it was the one the pretty girl suggested you to get. <laughs> that that is not why. Anyway, number my number two, saffron tea. My no, and my number one, Arabic coffee slash Turkish coffee slash Greek coffee. Anything to say? Cool. I don't really want to talk to you anymore. To be <laughs> honest, I don't. I don't really like you. I feel like you make arguments. Yeah. Yes. For no reason but you don't do it with your chest. So you like make these snide little comments and like these small little arguments that you start and that you begin. All of my conflicts, I, I come straight out the bat. Do you know what I mean? It's it's there, it's clear. It's if I come, I come shooting from the hip, but I feel like you make your arguments as a form of antagonization, not as a form of, of straight passion or straight feeling. Most and so I don't like you. <laughs> That being said, <laughs> let's get into some poems because <laughs> sick of this you. My poem for some poems is from the Bad Betty anthology, The Dizziness of Freedom. Yes. Yeah, caught that the other day. Uh, wicked, wicked. Yeah, and I found this gem. It's by Rob Orton and it's called Doors. Yes. One door closes, another door closes. One door closes, another door opens, and another door closes. 
One door opens, another door opens, another door opens, another door opens, another door opens, then five more doors open, but you are too slow making your decisions, so they all simultaneously slam in your face. One door opens, another door closes. One door opens and you jump through it, then look back at the door and see that it is shut again. You want to get back through, but you can't. You look around for other doors, but there are only door frames in this new environment that you are in. Why walk through a door frame? Suddenly, the door frames have doors and you really want to walk through them now, but you can't because they all have signs on them and the signs say closed and you don't question the signs. You could check the doors, but you are too busy thinking about a new shiny door that is surrounded by light bulbs like a mirror in Dolly Parton's dressing room. One door opens, another door closes, another door opens, another door opens, but you ignore them all because you are focused on this door, the dolly door. This is the door. This is the door to your future, the one you need to get through more than any other. After this door, every other door will just be a door. You bang on the dolly door until the dolly door opens and Dolly Parton is there and she's got doors for eyes and a door for a nose and small black doors for nostrils and a double door for a mouth and hundreds of yellow doors for hair and you can't decide which of Dolly's doors you want to go through. Her eyes open and shut like they are blinking at you. You think she is flirting so you walk through her mouth and you instantly wish you had gone through her nose. You are in her mouth and her tongue is a fleshy pink trapdoor. Her teeth are white doors and you think about all these new doors that could open to you but you just stand there and hope that they open for you instead of kicking them down. One door opens, another door opens, another door closes. You find someone who is looking for the same doors as you. You begin to walk through the doors together and it isn't quite as hard as before. You find humour in the doors. You find love in the doors. You find children in the doors. You find life in the doors. One door closes, another door opens and the lid of your coffin slams shut. Uh -uh. Another door opens and you are in heaven and all the doors in front of you are open. You start to think about how good it was to have closed doors. Doors with something behind them. That is Doors by Rob Orton. Okay. Please talk to us about this poem. What, what made you select this one? I I was I began reading um the dizziness of freedom and kind of going through the poems. And I think the first stanza of of this poem is I think it's absolutely amazing um just as as a personal attack i feel like it's brilliant um i feel like there's loads of personal attacks throughout this poem yeah. personally um but I, I i think um i really started to pay attention to this poem after it was another door opens 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 and i was like what is going on here like what is my man doing then five more doors open but you are too slow making your decisions so they all simultaneously slam in your face yeah. and yeah i i think that just as a feeling um of missed opportunity 
I think there's so often the case as well where it's like all of these doors are kind of opening or, or things or opportunities in life or whatever um, and you not feeling ready for them mm-hmm. and just as you think like feel like you're ready to do something or just as you're like you know you finally kind of like made your decision you've been slow or you finally started to you know get off your ass like it's like all of those opportunities just go and it's like yeah. it just it's just stops and um i thought that as an image it, it 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 was it just really made me pay attention um to this poem because i think the way that he writes it it kind of lulls you into it lulls he lulls you quite um with the repetition but also the the i don't know if it's humor but the kind of the playfulness maybe of it of like you know one door another door opens another door opens another door and it's like a game of when is this going to end um and then when it does end it ends with with that kind of punchiness and then for me um you're kind of you're in the poem and now that that that's happened you want to find out where where else it's going um and I think just the the choice of using doors like once you go through a door you want to go back like wanting to go back through it but you can't and just that as a an image of of once things change they change also like why walk through a door frame and then suddenly the door frame has doors and you really want to walk through them now um and just simple things like that as well of like you didn't want something before but then something happens or there's a little change and then all of a sudden yeah. that's all that you want and not questioning the signs as well mm-hmm. um you didn't walk through because the signs say close and you don't question the signs yeah and then the focus of like kind of honing in on one door like yeah. the dolly door um yeah that is just something in terms of yeah getting fixated on things yeah. um and i think later on in the poem that that fixation becomes beautiful in terms of like just the different things that are behind the doors and going through a door like you find someone who likes going through the same doors as you um i think it really becomes it becomes quite a beautiful image but there's also the other side of it as well um once you fixate on a door um, is the opportunities that are now gone of going through the other door yeah and then this stanza which is the third fourth stanza i believe mm. one two oh i don't know yeah no the third by the looks of it yeah i just think this is a really beautiful stanza um describing i think love one door opens another door opens another door closes you find someone who is looking for the same doors as you, you begin to walk through doors together and it isn't quite as hard as before. Mm. I think that's really, really beautiful in like a really kind of simple, maybe a little bit roundabout kind of way. But it's like, I don't know, just like, I like walking through doors with you. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's, he's not like, it's not a grand exclamation or it's not, no, it's not a grand declaration it's nothing big and flashy like that but it's really it feels really intimate and I think Mm. because this whole poem the speaker's been going through doors and walking through doors and doors are opening and closing and now he's found his dolly door and bear bear doors and everything is doors Mm. so for him to then say like he's found someone who chooses the same doors as him or who's looking for the same doors as him um and then you walk together and it isn't quite as hard as before um like it it means a lot um because we know how 
like we've been through all these doors and we're like we've seen the door slam shut in his face in this poem do you know what i mean and so it, it's it's intimate um it's really really intimate for me that little section um and and you're just like you're happy for him as yeah. well um and then he goes on to say you find humor in the doors you find love in the doors you find children in the doors you find life in the doors um and there's this kind of joy of like yeah my man's living at cool um, one door closes, another door opens, and the lid of your coffin slams shut. That one, that um, one. Knocked and me for me, right. that's a, that. This whole stanza, yeah, I know you were like, hey, um, <laughs> but I, I think this whole stanza is like, especially when you look at it um, visibly, the previous two stanzas are are really long. Um, they're more than double, I think, the lines in this stanza. Um, and so it takes him so much of the poem just to find this one person to yeah. go through the doors with. Um, he doesn't get that long in the poem to be walking through doors with this person. Mm. And then the casket slams shut. Um, yeah. And as beautiful as it is, it's really sad as well, because in, in the context or the in relative to the size of the rest of the poem and how many doors he kind of goes through, this feels really short. But there, there is a sense of like a treasuring here. But yeah, I thought that was a really, I think the choice of how he's he's chosen to say it and do it as well kind of speaks to that. Um, a lot of life is is hard and going through these doors and figuring stuff out. And when you do find that that joy um, or that person that, that makes it bearable, it feels like you just didn't get long enough. It feels way too short. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's a really good example of structure. Um, and you don't even always necessarily need words to convey a point, but yeah. you can do it just by how much time and attention you give to certain portions of the poem. So I feel like it's it's really well well crafted in that sense. But yeah, man, I really I really really enjoyed this poem. Mm. Yeah. I'm gonna jump back to the Dolly um, stanza, right? Because you know, there's there's the there's the frustration of the there's the frustration of the first of the first stanza. It, there's then the fixation on there's then the fixation on a Dolly Parton and this Dolly door and the Dolly dressing room door. Um, so and then he's and then he's he's inside he's inside Dolly's Dolly's head. Um, I think. So I mean I read the um, I read the the you know instead of the um you hope that they open for you instead of kicking them down I thought that point marked almost a transition in the poem from where you go from this kind of this um this frustration to the desperate searching to the fixation to the obsession to the point where you where you're into it and where you're you're inside this person's head and in and you're surrounded by all of all of these doors everything is a door um and everything as a possibility and everything as an option just uh another point as well um so the first stanza opens with one door closes the second with one door opens the third with one door opens um and then the fourth with another door opens and then the fifth with doors and there's something about choosing to stop saying one door opens by doing that it makes it feel like the final door um yeah 
like the word choice there, I think, is really subtly well chosen. Yeah. Um, because one door opens and like you're expecting because of how he's built it up, one door opens or one door closes and you expect another door. But when he opens with another door opens and you're in heaven, we're not expecting any more doors. And yes, the the image of, of heaven and, and that being the end. But I think um, by not opening with one door as well, that adds to that feeling of, of finality. Um, but yeah, man, that is Doors by Rob Orton. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, it's now my turn. So the poem I've chosen is called Jesus Wept. Jesus Wept by Stanley Plumley. The shortest sentence, I believe, in the New Testament, having to do with the raising of Lazarus and no less the crucifixion of Jesus himself once the Pharisees realised the power of a voice that can call forth the dead. Jesus seems to be identifying with this brother of Martha and Mary, with, in fact, the whole weeping community. Take away the stone, Lazarus come forth, and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Loose him and let him go. Then why am I now weeping all the time? Who does not want to be called forth, let alone wrapped in white? I believe in death. I believe in the last tree I will ever see, perhaps with wind in it, just as it's turning colour. I believe in my friends weeping and in the terrible sorrow of my wife. But why on this side of things, with death still only a small secret moving inside me, am I so hurt with pity for myself, as if, one by one, anything I touch will disappear, whatever I see deeply will suddenly become invisible to me? Is it the loneliness, the body gone, the table and the chair and the bowl that had the heartless flowers floating in it? So that all that is left is whatever a soul is as you're standing. When I was alive, I remember feeling myself beside myself sometimes, as if I'd already passed to somewhere else, and for that moment was in two places at once, no place and a place without me. A moment, I suppose, so lonely it was enough to make you weep, though not so much then, but later, when the absence stayed with you and became you. Jesus wept by Stanley Plumley. So why did you choose this poem? The line that caught me the hardest was, um, I believe in death. I believe in the last tree I will ever see, perhaps with the wind in it, just as it's turning color. Um, it's, yeah, I think this, this might be the first poem I've, um, this might be the first poem I've seen where um, things are discussed or things are talked about, or death is talked about in relation to um, things like this, you know, the things left behind, the last thing one, one will ever see, the gradual disappearing of the, of, of the world to the person. And I, think it was, and I think it was really interesting to have this directly following what is essentially a paraphrase of this, of, um, of the raising of Lazarus in the first stanza. So when we read um, Obit by Victoria Chang, we read Elegy for Bruce Lee, mm -hmm. the deceased person 
is kind of seen through the objects and the things they've left behind or the stories that they've told or the memories they left behind, right? And the grief is experienced through the me- through those memories and through these physical objects, right? This is almost from this is this is almost doing that similar thing, but from the perspective of the person who's who is going to die before they've died. Um it feels like a it feels like a gradual saying goodbye to um to the world and i don't know it seems to be doing that in reverse if that makes sense um where um where poets like um w todd kaneko and uh victoria chang are in some sense looking back so they're kind they're in the in the present looking on the past what i what plumley's doing here is that he's from the past looking to not even from the past looking to the present but kind of from the from the present looking into this veil that is the future using this record of the past as the jump off point i think i think there are really really there are subtle things happening in this poem that i'm a really that i'm a really big fan of and this is one that i want to sit down with again also the questions i read i think i think there's i think every pretty much after that every um line apart from the last line well apart from the last sentence rather is is a question um and the way that they kind of run on there there's a there's a real sense of the speaker ruminating and mm, yeah and i'm not sure i know this was published in um 2009 and um, 2019. I can't even read numbers anymore. That's that's great, isn't it? Um, so this was published in 2019. Um, and uh, well, published in the poetry magazine in 2019. Yes, it yeah. might have been published somewhere else. That's true. That is before. very true. That is true. But um, but yes, it's published in Poetry Magazine in 2019. Um, Plumley died in 2019 as well. So. Or, oh, so done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering. I'm actually going to do a quick Google actually to check whether this was a posthumous um, publication. Um, oh, it's it is posthumous. Okay, it, he died. So he died in April, um, 2019. Um, Isn't it posthumous? Posthumous. Yes, yes, yes. It's just posthumous. I don't know. It sounds like a. Sounds like I don't know, like a dip, bro. Thank you. So this this has been published posthumously, apparently. Um, so I wonder how much of how much of the contemplation happening in this in the poem and the weeping happening in this poem is, I don't know, reflective of an awareness that the on the poet's um, part that yeah, that he's going to pass soon or yeah. Anyway, there's kind of yeah, it's mm, mm. so like I think I find it really interesting. Um, to find out that Stanley has passed. Um, I think it's in the poem though. Um, and I think, so, you know, it tells a story of Lazarus um, and then we've got towards the ends of the stanza, take away the stone, Lazarus come forth and he that was dead come forth, came, came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound with a napkin, loose him and let him go. But yeah, like who does not want to be called forth, let alone wrapped in white? I believe in death. I believe in the last year I'll ever see, perhaps with wind in it, just as it's turning colour. 
just like he then kind of goes to talk about like his friends weeping and in mm. the terrible sorrow of his wife. Um, but why on this side of things with death still only a small secret moving inside me? Even that- and so it's kind and and I think just that as a like a he's on I'm reading it as on this side of things. So he's like, I'm not yet Lazarus. Like I'm mm. not yet bound and wrapped and dead. Like I believe yeah. in that, um, but I'm not yet there. He's, I don't know, actually, I don't know if that's right, but he's like on this side of things, like death is only a small secret moving inside of me. Like it's not happened yet. And so that line um, suggests that like he's, he's ill or there's something yeah. like there's a small secret inside of him that is moving, that is death. Yeah. Um, so death is inside him. And more so than death being in everybody, um, this is this yeah, this true. reads as like the reality of 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 his mortality, whether it's something terminal or whatever it is. Um, and I am so hurt with pity for myself, as if one by one, anything I touch will disappear. Um, and I think whatever I see deeply will suddenly become invisible to me. And I think that's a really beautiful line to kind of summarize why he's weeping all the time Mm. he's weeping because it's like it's not just that things will become invisible to him but it's like it's what he sees deeply um and it's it's all the things that are going to be important to him are all of a sudden going to become invisible to him and and that's kind of why he's weeping so he believes in death he's like aware of it moving inside of him but he it's he he hurts and he pities himself because he knows what he touches is going to disappear and what he sees deeply will suddenly become invisible um and and that's really um yeah that's i think that's a really uh powerful yeah i think it's something that everybody kind of knows um and is somewhat conscious of but clearly when death starts moving inside of you, the reality of it is is it it feels almost overwhelming. Mm. Um, so I found yeah, I found that interesting. Yeah, yeah. The title of this poem is called "Jesus Wept," um, and it is by Stanley Plumley. Sick, 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 sick. Um, cool. So that is the podcast. We gave you our top five hot beverages. Um, we also read you some poems. Uh, I read you Doors by Rob Orton and Gabriel read Jesus Wept by Stanley Plumley. The music that you're listening to in the background is by Gabriel P. Jones. Follow us on Twitter at Sugar and Dread. Yeah, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us five stars. Follow us on Spotify. Um, we're on Google Play and Deezer as well. Yeah, man. And and yeah good vibes and good vibes uh peace see ya